0: Ducky Girl, Chapter 4 The morning sky had streaks of pink mixed in with fleecy clouds. The gentle breeze carried the songs of the birds along. Creatures of all kinds awakened and started their day. And so it was with our little party waking up, greeting each other, and starting the day. The women slipped out of the camp to take care of, the, of their necessaries while one of the men with his dog went partway with him, turning his back while he scanned the woods, alert for any dangers. The men likewise took care of their morning necessaries. Upon returning to the campsite, the women chatted about the events of the previous days while they were busy fixing breakfast. Betsy had some cornmeal and mixed it with some goat's milk and put it in the iron skillet. Holding the skillet over the fire became cumbersome and preachers showed them how to take two sets of steaks with a green limb resting on them holding the skillet over the fire. By removing the skillet and reinserting it as needed, Betsy had corn cone ready for a short while. The preacher said, that was thoughty of you to bring in a nanny goat along. Nancy said, That was Ma's idea. With breakfast over, they repacked the mules and looked forward to a day of hiking without the backpacks. The young bodies were quick to recover from the previous day's strain, and they were anxious to be on their way. They wished the preacher a safe journey and said goodbye to him. He returned their wishes for a safe trip and reminded them of the major landmarks to watch for as they threaded the gap. The two mule trains then headed in opposite directions, the preacher and his mules heading east, while Rachel and her party headed southwest toward the gap. The next couple of days of travel was easier, the little party did not have backpacks to worry with mules to carry the load. The trail was now inclined upward and it was interspersed with rock. This slowed the party down somewhat, but it was not a difficult trail to transverse. Since it was an easier trail without the backpacks, it allowed for some conversation between the parties, though they were cautioned in the volume of a conversation, knowing that hostiles could be behind the next tree. One morning as dawn broke, Betsy lie awake, just listening to the voices of the wilderness. What with the birds singing and the trees swaying in the breeze and the last crickets of the night? The morning sounds were beautiful in her ears. She thought, what a wonderful experience the Lord is giving me. Bert is a stalwart, caring young man and is very kind and thoughtful to me. His loving is tender and hot and I am so very fortunate to have friends like Dan and Nancy and Clem and Rachel. Thank you, Lord, and please continue to protect us from the heathens. She heard Nancy and Rachel stirring, and so she joined them in slipping out to do their necessaries. This time it was Clem who went with them to the edge of the clearing, followed by the dogs. The men had already bagged breakfast so she helped Nancy and Rachel with the cooking preparation. She was still concerned about Nancy's stomach and problem and asked Nancy how she felt. The reply was, great, and so the day was started. The little party broke camp, packed the mules, and set off toward the gap. Climbing toward the gap was a little slow, but progress was achieved. You would hardly know that you're in the gap, Betsy said, except for the landmarks that the preacher Paul gave us. And the trails, as the trail was bending down somewhat, they came upon a nice clearing. Dan was in the lead and his dog began growling. Quickly, the party tightened up and came together. They dropped the packs from the mules and took a defensive position behind some large rocks. The dogs were right in their warning because coming out of the woods, was a party of Indians with painted faces. Waving tommy hawks, they charged across the clearing. Rachel yelled, Hold fire and make your shots count! In another second, the Indians were almost on them. Clem shouted, Fire! Four leading Indians dropped. Quickly, Bert and Dan handed their guns to Betsy and Nancy, who gave their own loaded guns back, while Rachel and Clem reloaded their own. Another volley slammed the front line of the Indians, and again the Indians fell to the ground. After such a loss, the Indians retreated to the woods to regroup. Rachel saw a brave sneaking from tree to tree on the left, as if to circle behind us. She also noticed that there was a clearing that he had to cross to get to the next series of trees. So she trained her gun on that spot. As the Indian crept into that clearing, she fired, dropping him instantly. As our little group prepared for another charge, knowing that a full charge from the whole group could overwhelm them, they heard shots from the right. From that area came men mounted on horses, shooting at the Indians. This broke the charge, and the Indians retreated hastily, not even waiting to pick up their dead. The men on horses continued into the woods, chasing the Indians who fled in all directions. One man trotted over to our little group and Zick calmly said, Howdy, I see you folks are having some fun. Do you mind if we join you? Clem said, don't mind if you do. As a matter of fact, it was getting a little touchy. The man said, I am Captain Jack. We are a detachment of the militia, and we have been chasing these barbers for some time. We heard your gunshots and decided to join you. Be ye headed for Boonesboro? Yep, replied Dan and Bert simultaneously. Clint said, thanks for your help. Much obliged. Think nothing of it, Captain Jack," replied. "Are you coming here to move homestead?" "Yep," Clem said. The man replied, "Welcome. Guess that's one of the best welcomes I ever heard, Clem said. Then said, "Sorry to leave you, but I best be getting along and catch up with the other guys." And with that, he spurred his horse off, and he went into the woods. Our little party looked at each other and expressed thanks to the Lord for helping them. After a little confab, they decided to move on toward Boonesboro, thinking the Indians might circle back to pick up their dead. Looking at the clearing, one could see bodies all over the place. The Indians had lost nine while no one was lost on our side. And so they pushed on for several miles until they came upon a place which could be defended easily. As a matter of fact there was a stream with running water nearby thus they had clean water for themselves and their mules they unpacked the mules and set up camp for the night fearing to call attention to themselves by building a fire they had a cold supper being alive and well they did not mind the cold vittles the mules of course got their supper of grains from the packs they carried the dog locked Likewise were fed from game saved. So the little group quietly talked among themselves going over the day's events. After setting the watches for the night, they curled up in their sleeping bags and slept like innocent children.